willingness to believe God's word. For faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. We trust you will be stronger after tonight's presentation of the word. But first, let us bow before the Lord of heaven in a moment of prayer. O God, our Father in heaven, we thank you for this time, for this privilege of joining with our brothers and sisters in Christ in prayer. We thank you for spirit lives, for good health, for the use of all our senses and faculties continually helping us and keeping us in our right mind. We are aware of some at this time who are at home sick or in hospitals or nursing homes or other such facilities. We pray for good health for them, for strength and for your abundance of grace to help them in these challenging hours of their lives. O oh Lord, our God, you are our refuge and our strength. You are that very present help in time of trouble. We each lean on you tonight. Let your miracle resurrection power permeate our bodies, our minds, our soul, our spirit. Lord, we must not leave here like we came in Jesus' name. We must be better, stronger, healthier, wiser, happier, and even wealthier than before. You are our God, and you can do for us what no other one can do. Thank you, Lord, for answering our prayers tonight in Jesus' name mighty name. Amen and amen. Now we will turn in our Bible to the book of the prophet Jonah and we will be looking at the first and second chapters. We continue with the theme, great prayers of great Old Testament saints and stalwarts. The focus of tonight's study is the prophet Jonah, who is well known for his encounter with a great fish that swallowed him and then spewed him out at the door where God intended for him to be in the first place. His story is very, very interesting. As a prophet of God, he was assigned the task of speaking God's message to the people of the great city of Nineveh. Jonah was to cry against their, against the city on account of their wickedness that uh, had reached the heights, reached the eyes of God, the ears of God, and touched the hearts of God, even came to his nostrils, chapter 1 and verse number 2. Instead of moving in the direction of Nineveh, Jonah entered a ship at Joppa and sailed 
never was the capital. Had the record with inflicting and inventing the most barbarous forms of torture on human beings in those days. As a human being, Jonah may have been afraid uh, of going to Nineveh because of the torturous uh, conditions that prevail there, especially for strangers. Um, or, as many scholars seem to think, Jonah was afraid that the God of all mercy may decide to forgive them for all their atrocities and spare them any harsh judgment. Whatever the reason, Jonah headed deliberately in a different direction. Let it always be remembered that a man may try to run from God, but he can never hide from God. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of those whose hearts are perfect towards him. In verse 4 of Jonah chapter 1, the record says, and, John, and God sent out a great wind into the sea. Jonah had already paid the fear to the destination of his choice. He had taken up a comfortable position below deck. In fact, he felt so safe, secure, out of sight, that he fell asleep. The ship flowed the rough waters as Jonah lay fast asleep in the sights thereof. He was unaware of the storm and of the shipmen casting away cargo and tackling, fighting to keep the ship afloat. The storm created by God to shake the prophet out of his slumber and send him in the right direction. All this was taking place under the very nose of the fugitive prophet. In Jonah's case, the truth of Moses in Numbers 32 and 23 will apply. Be sure your sin will find you out. The sea continued to manifest its raging hunger as if it too was upset at the prophet's decision to run in the opposite direction. A hurried conference was called among the ship's, ship's crew in which Jonah admitted his spiritual misdeed and suggested to the shipmen that they throw him overboard. Chapter 1 and verse number 12. Rather than face the anticipated ire, ire of the Assyrians, they preferred to be drowned in the angry sea. Jonah was so afraid of what he imagined would happen. That reminds us of the scripture in Psalms 53 and verse number 5, which reads, Then were they in great fear where no fear was. Psalms 53 and verse number 5. God always attends to our enemies ahead of our arrival. So let's not be 
be afraid to face the challenges that may come to us. God will look after those at the other end before we get there. Hallelujah. The shipmen didn't have the heart to throw an innocent-looking man overboard into the raging sea. And the prophet at that, they had some serious soul-searching. And as the sea continued to increase in its fury, they had no alternative but to grant Jonah his wish. One, two, three, overboard. Jonah was now in a struggle for his dear life. Surprisingly, the raging sea immediately became calm, Jonah 1.15. This greatly surprised the sailors, and in gratitude, they offered a sacrifice to the Lord God. You know, at times, that which looks like a tragedy could well be a blessing in disguise. As children of God, we are greatly encouraged by the words of Romans 8 and 28. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love the Lord and to those who are called according to his purpose. This is a key verse for every single believing Christian. Every one of us shall hold this as a key verse and believe it and practice it when things seem to be going in a contrary manner. Jonah's disobedience worked positively on the hearts and the minds of those sailors. And God too was at work even while Jonah was sinking in the deep waters of the sea. Verse number 17 of Jonah chapter 1 tells us that God prepared a great fish that swallowed Jonah. He chose the way of death, but God decreed life. He thought the sea would swallow him up, but it was a fish that actually swallowed him. A great fish prepared by a great, big, wonderful God. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. Romans 11 and 33. Jonah planned it one way, but God had other plans. Jonah, in his journey away from God's presence, went down to Joppa, verse 2 of chapter 2. He went down into his own pocket and took out the fear to take him to the destination that God did not intend. He went down into the sides of the ship to five. He went past the sea. He went down to sleep. Verse 5. He went down into the sea as he was tossed there like a piece of log by the sailors. Down into 
to the sea. And as if he couldn't sink any lower, he ended up down in the belly of a fish prepared by God the Almighty. He remained down there in the belly where life bring a man. Jonah now causes us to feel a great sense of sympathy for him. His condition was pitiful. And how many with conditions that draw out deep sympathy from our heart, or soul, or spirit. One feels such a sense of deep compassion for them, like sheep. They have all gone astray, lost, driven, harassed by the forces of passion, lust, and pride. Jesus today is looking upon them with compassion and saying, the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Let us breathe a prayer for, for that one who is sinking in the sea of despair and swallowed up with grief, heartache, and regrets. Or it may be it is the sea of pain, sickness, disease, grief, or loss. Whatever is your sea tonight, God is at work on your behalf. Things are not too bad, but that God will not hear your faintest cry. He sees your tears. He hears your groanings. He feels the frustration that you feel. That is why he is here in our midst to seek and to save that which is lost. He is here in our midst tonight to do us nothing but good. It is from the bottom of the sea, literally, and from the very belly of this great fish that Jonah began to pray. What desperate place for Jonah to be in. Could God hear him from those depths? And would God hear him since he was a fugitive from God's presence and God's grace? Would God turn his face away from this guilty prophet? Let the whole world hear these words tonight. The words of Jesus in John 6 and 37. Him that cometh unto me, I will in no wise cast out. The great prayer of Jonah is found in Jonah chapter 2. Let us look at it. Jonah prayed from the fish's belly. God will hear you, whatever or wherever is your location. The state of your heart is, the, is that which triggers God's response. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. The Lord will not despise, Psalms 51 and 17. Jonah 2 and 2, we read, Jonah said, I cried to the Lord because of my affliction, and he answered me. The psalmist in Psalm 61 and verse 1 pleaded, Hear my cry, O Lord, attend unto my prayer. Whenever we cry to the Lord, the Lord hears.
and he answers as he did for, for Jonah. Cry out to him in prayer. Groan, sigh, whisper, breathe a prayer under your breath. And even from your heart, lift your soul in prayer to God. God hears all of those things. In verse 3 of chapter 2, it reads, For God cast me into the deep. For you have cast me into the deep. This was not an attempt to put the blame on God. It is simply an acknowledgement that no matter what, God is working his purpose out, even in our adversities. He will get glory out of the situation. He may not cause, cause it, but he may allow it. You cast, you cast me into the deep, Jonah said, into the heart of the seas. Blood surrounded me. Billows, waves passed over me. For Jonah, this was living reality. It was more than scary. It was real. God will come true for anybody who faced a similar storm. He is an awesome God. Nothing is too hard for him to do. And no matter what wrong the person has done, God is a forgiving God if the person is willing to repent and forgive himself. In Jonah 2 verse 4, Jonah said, I have been cast out of your sight, yet I will return to your holy temple. Discouragement, disappointment, depression, defeat, caused Jonah to imagine he was out of God's sight. But every individual is in full view of the eyes of this all-seeing, omnipotent, omniscient God, the Almighty. Your negative emotional state can play tricks on you. The objective being to drive you far away from the one who loves and cares for you, Jesus. But draw near to him, and he will draw near to you, James 4, and verse number 8. Flood waters swamped him. He was drowning in trouble. He was, his, his very head was trapped with the vegetation around him. He felt as though he was being strangled by the multiple obstacles in the deep. In addition, according to verse 6, he was sinking into the depths hitherto unknown. He felt as though he was in a bottomless pit from which escape was naturally impossible. His mind was imagining the unthinkable, doom, gloom and destruction lay on the horizon. Jonah was out of the depths, was out in the depths of the ocean in a leaky boat, as the story goes, it, and without a party too. It is with such background 
remembered the Lord. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. Thank God that Jonah had enough faith left in him to remember the Lord, to utter a prayer, and to look up in faith to the heavens from whence came his help. Psalms 121 and verse 1, I will lift up mine eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help. As we examine Jonah's dilemma, I'm hoping and praying for anyone who may now be in a similar situation. The good news for you is this. There is hope. Hope in God. Jonah was indeed in a very sorry state. But hallelujah, all who are in such distress or even in a lesser state of distress will now find instant relief. Together, friends, let us speak to this mountain that is before you, calling it by name and saying, Be gone, be removed, disappear, vanish, and it will Mark 11 and 23. Jonah endured for three days and three nights, but those nights of doubts sorrows came to their end. Yours and mine too will come and weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. The new day is dawning for you, my sister and my brother. Friday was a day of darkness and earthquake, gloom and disappointment and reproach and torment. But Sunday was resurrection day. Our Heavenly Father knows when too long is long enough. He will not allow you to bear more than He knows you are able. But He will, with the temptation, make a way of escape that you will be able to bear it. The time is coming when the tribulation of this world system will become so unbearable that many of lesser faith will be looking for a hole in the ground. But the people that do know their God will be looking for a hole in the sky. We will be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Jonah's hour of salvation and deliverance came after three days and three nights in the belly of the fish. His attitude was realigned and reconnected to God, his heavenly father. Jonah again made contact with his God in earnest and sincere prayer and a firm determination. Jonah shaped a powerful philosophic statement while in the fish's belly. There it is. Those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy. That's in verse 8 of Jonah 2. Those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy. In simple language, 
their foot shall slide. Deuteronomy 32 and 35. So don't attempt to run away from God. You are carving out your own weapon of mass destruction. Out of that affirmation came Jonah's willingness to surrender, to sacrifice to God, to follow the road of submission. And next, he was going to be a thankful person, not complaining, not rebelling against God, not becoming self-willed and stubborn, but he was going to be transformed into a thankful man, for he would now offer the sacrifices of thanksgiving. It is amazing how only in the space of three short days and three nights, this prophet came to terms with his maker. Change took place after the crucial experience. Thankfulness came, became a part of his lifestyle. Then there came a willingness to pay what he had vowed to serve God only, to live a holy life, to be God's spokesperson whenever it, he was needed, and to listen to God's voice for any additional instruction that may come from the throne of heaven. Yes, he would pay his vows, verse 9. Jonah learned that salvation, safety, preservation is from the Lord and him alone. Salvation is from the Lord, and it is from the Lord still to this day. For in Acts 4 and 12, the Bible says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. At the end of all of Jonah's trauma, the Lord spoke to that great fish he had first prepared for Jonah's temporary entombment. The fish became restless, uncomfortable, and disgorged the now obedient prophet in the vicinity of the place God first appointed Nineveh, the great city, the capital of Assyria. God put him there without any expense from his pocket. He made a safe and dry landing in verse 10. In the city of Nineveh, he preached with great fervor and enthusiasm and had great and successful meetings. The whole city turned to God from the palace to the hovel. Men, women, and children, children who didn't know the difference between their right hand and their left, all experienced the forgiveness, the mercy, and the joy, and the grace of the Lord God Almighty. Revival came to that city in a matter of days. There was a great change. And of course, God changed his mind in respect of what he was going to do by way of destroying the city of Nineveh at that time. God answered a great prophet's prayer 
and so many were torn in Christ. I mean, to the Lord in the Old Testament time, of course. The, to the Lord, the Almighty, the one, the God, the God of all men. Nevertheless, Jonah had a few other wrinkles in his life that needed to be ironed out. But God remained faithful to the end, teaching his servant that the souls of men were of greater value than the things in the world. God has pity for men rather than pity for things. For what shall it profit a man if he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Mark 8, 36. Jonah's prayer changed the city. Our prayer can also change a city, can change a state, can change a country, can change a continent, can change the world, can change a home. For if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will forgive their sin. I will heal their land. This is God's promise to his people. And we could pray tonight and ask the Lord to bring about the change in our city and in our neighborhood. Father, you have stirred up our minds today to see conditions that are challenging, that are huge, that are fearsome. And so we ask that as you delivered Jonah, you will deliver us also now in the mighty name of Jesus. Transform us, transform this home, transform this community, transform this nation and transform the nations of the world. 